We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He's got it. Back to pass. Looking left. Rolling. It is caught. It's at the five. Diving into the end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to episode eight of the Pride Podcast. Today, we got an unfortunate one to talk about. Um, a 14 to 13 loss to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I'm Tyler, also known as Lions Nation. I'm Pierre, also known as Detroit Lions fan page. I am Malcolm. I am with the Detroit Lions video page. And today, we're going to talk about the loss to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Pierre, I, I have no attitude to talk about this game at the moment. So, Pierre, you can start it off. What happened in this game? Um, the Lions didn't execute. You know how they always say execute and all that bullshit they say in their press conference? It's coach talk, right? But yes. to be honest, they didn't execute. Uh, they had a botch snap. They make that 14-14 game. They missed a field goal, 17-14 game. Um... What else do I want to say? And uh, they also, like, those two running backs, I don't know their names, whatever their names are. Keith I, Ford. Like, <laughs> Keith Ford and, um, and Murray. Yeah, Ford Murphy and, or something like that. Murphy, yeah, my bad. Whatever, something like that. Yeah, those two running backs, the stat line says we only give up 3.2 average, but those guys, they were having a good game. I think they played well. I did not like the game plan on defense. They put... Ford on Foster and Slay on Jones. I would have put Slay on Foster, Nevin on Jones, and uh, Ford on uh, McKenzie, whatever his name is. So I'd not like that. And uh, Malcolm, I'll let you go. Yeah. Oh, one more thing. Jim Bob Cooter is a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, man. Before, before I unload on this team, I'm, I'm not happy. I... I watched the game. The first time I watched the game, I was mad as hell. So I was like, all right, let me cool off. Let me watch the game again. Hopefully I have a positive energy, see where the coaches try to put myself in the coach's shoes to see what happened. And I was more mad watching the game the second time than I was the first time. Now, I'm just before I even go into the stats and what happened, I just I'm gonna go through the drives, the scoring drives. So maybe um one of you guys can shed some light on what happened. All right. So where I'm at. Okay, so we scored first. We we threw a touch on Andy Jones. The score was six to zero. We missed a missed a field goal. Six to zero. I get it. 
Shit happens, exactly. The next a few drives later, they scored. Um, Josh Allen scores, you know, it was a bad angle by um, Jared Davis. They scored, scored seven, six or seven right at that point. Yeah. A few drives after that, Zach Zenner gets an, gets an end zone and he scores. Yeah. At that point, the score is 12 to seven. Can somebody shed some light to me? Why the hell did he not go for two? What the fuck happened? Well, that when I first went for two, I kept saying that they didn't. I don't get why. Um, I think they just. Uh, I, I can't I, think of a good scenario. Yeah, I have nothing. That's at that point, because you gotta think about it. If you go for two and you miss it, they still need a score to to have a lead over you. If you yeah. kick it and even if you make the field goal. If they come back and score again, they still have a lead over you. They can score and kick a field goal. So I, I don't know what Matt Patricia was thinking at that point on why, you know, why just kick, why kick the field goal and not go for two to at least give yourself a chance that, okay, if this team, if we convert on this two-point conversion, if they score, this game is now tied. Yep. Whatever, they didn't. When Zach Zander scored, we kicked the field goal. Now we have a 13-7 lead. Then we have we have opportunity to get three, kick, try to kick a field goal. We miss it. I get it. It's whatever. They come back, score with the um who scored that touchdown? Was that um Robert Foster? Yeah. Robert Foster. He beat Ford man-to-man coverage. He beat Ford man-to-man coverage. He scored. Now at that point, the score is thirteen to fourteen. Game over. We lost the game. Oh, you so, field goal. I did. Yeah, we missed, we missed the field goal. I said that. Be up, but, be up like 16 to uh, 14. The, the, the point is that the part that got me so mad is why didn't they go for two to tie the game to make it a seven point to, to, to at least give yourself a chance to make it a seven point lead? Well, That's just, I think what well, they were trying to do, they trusted their defense too too much. I think, well, the defense played well, obviously, the offense just spotted. even the offense they had their spurts, but they struggled. I think what they're trying to do, Malcolm, so if you have like a 13-7, let's say you don't get the two. Like this is how he was thinking, I'm guessing. So you have 12, you don't get the two. But if you get like 13, so then they have to score two field goals instead of um, they have to score two to tie. If they score two, they could win. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's <laughs> – I mean, yeah, they'll score two – they got to kick two field goals to tie, but – Yeah, yeah, it's it's a tough situation. Think though, see, you said you want to put your like put your shoes in the coach's shoe. That that's what they were thinking. I don't agree with it, but that's what they were thinking. That was like, as you say, that's dumb. (laughs) 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 Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess. I mean, if I was the coach, I would have went for two. I would have made it a seven point lead. So if they do score and kick a field goal at that point, it's a tie game. If we don't get the two point conversion. Guess what? They still need us. They still need a touchdown. It's still a two possession game, or they still need a touchdown to take the lead. Just like if we were to kick a field goal and we made it, they still need a touchdown to take the lead. I, I, I don't know. All right, I want to hop. I want to hop into a different topic. So the offense um, scored 13 points in the first half, and then scored a deuce in the second half. Scored nothing after that. Um. The first half, they got Kenny Galladay involved. Had a big first half. Um, 
Like I said in the last podcast, um, like Tredavious White is struggling. They have Levi Wallace. Um, you know, he, he's young. Uh, he's a rookie, I believe. He's a corner two. You got to test Tredavious White. And it, they had the exact matchup I wanted in the first half. A one-on-one matchup, Kenny Galladay and White. Because I know Galladay is a lot better receiver than Tredavious White. I know he could beat him. He's got the height and everything on him. And then second half, the B- Buffalo Bills adjusted to Kenny Galladay. And I said the only way the Lions could win this game in the second half if they wanted to keep scoring points, which they didn't do much of, was I said they had to get their tight ends more involved with it either being Toy Lolo or uh, Luke Wilson. Did none of that. I mean, they had one play thing for a first down. Other than that, I mean, they didn't do it. And uh, it, it was really disappointing because I, you can't just expect Kenny Galladay to meet your only player – your only threat. You have to have other threats than just kind of Galladay because obviously our other wide receivers are not threats to other opposing defenses, which is understandable. I don't know. What do you guys have to say about that? Yeah, they just need – I've been talking about this like for the past few weeks. They need someone to step up. To Lolo, like other than Kenny, we know what Kenny can do. Yeah. He has stepped up, but they need like another guy. They just don't have it right now. I mean – you could blame it on Bob Quinn. You could blame it on the injuries. You could blame it on the depth. Whatever. They just don't have that. I mean, Theo Riddick doesn't look like his old self anymore. So, yeah. him out of the equation. Luke Wilson is a good blocker, but has struggled as a receiver. TJ Jones can't separate from man-to-man coverage. Brandon Powell, they didn't really trust him as much. They didn't use him that much in this game. I mean, he had, I think, like two targets or something. I don't even know. So, I mean... What I'm saying is, though, like you're so limited on options. Why? Why are you not going to trust players at this point? And you're at a you were at a five and eight position at the point. I mean, you got to trust someone. You can't just trust Kenny Galladay. You can't. You got to get other guys involved with the even potentially being Luke Wilson or Brandon Powell, whoever it is. I mean, you got to eventually open up the playbook and just not just think Kenny Galladay is the only guy you have on offense, the only guy you could use on offense. I don't know. All right, but Tyler, these guys are practice squad guys, bro. They're not good. Straight up. They're not Okay, but but what is this Bill's secondary? This Bill's secondary wasn't very good either. I mean, they were against those receivers we had, though. So you have bad corners. You have bad corners, but you have worse receivers. Those corners are going to lock them up, bro. Straight up. Well, I'm actually going to bring up something that you guys have been saying from day one from the first podcast. And that's a, that's Jim Bob, that Jim Bob is ass. Oh man, and, Mal- Malcolm's joined the wagon about time. Yeah, the thing is that I, I didn't realize how bad he was until I looked at the roster and I seen our weapons and I was just asking myself why he's not utilizing the talent that he has on the roster. I mean, yeah, we have a lot of practice squad people, but we have Theo Riddick and I don't know how much time did we see in the game that we have Theo Riddick lined up in the backfield and then they'll motion him out as a receiver to get them mismatched with either a linebacker or safety, and they have Theo Riddick do his thing and, you know, get get get, get catches, get more catches. This year I've seen they've been using Theo Riddick as more as a runner. I mean, and Theo Riddick been doing his thing at running, but we're not utilizing Theo Riddick's full potential. And that's getting him mismatched with a linebacker, getting him mismatched with a, a safety, and, and have him get in, have him getting yards that way. We also have Levine Tololo, and this is just going back as far as what he's done for the year, Levine Toloto had 19, ca- 19 targets, 16 catches for 204 yards. Now, I'm not understanding why they're not utilizing the six foot eight tight end in the middle 
I mean, there's no way you can say that he's being double teamed and Kenny Galladay is being double teamed. There's no way. Levine Tololo, if if he is in the middle of the field, he's single covered against somebody that's I, I guarantee nobody's taller than him or his height in the middle of the field. Yeah, so safety, can, it's all safety on him. If there's a safety on him, safety, the average height of a safety was strong yeah. safety is six foot tall. I think it was Jordan Poyer on him or Micah Hyde on him. Throw the ball up. He's six foot eight. I agree. I agree. It shocks me he has zero touchdowns this year. We're, a week, we're going to week 16 in the NFL season. Uh, if you told me Levine Tuilolo would have zero touchdowns and be healthy all the way through the season, he would have zero touchdowns, I wouldn't believe you. Because I remember when we signed him, he was known as a, t- a red zone threat and a blocking tight end. Right. We're, not u- we're not using him as his red zone threat. And it's, he hasn't got any red zone targets. Yeah, and it's frustrating. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know. Jim Bob right. just has a beat this year, so I just don't. And I don't know if it's a mixture of Jim Bob and Patricia, because the thing is, Patricia knows everything that's going on. So yeah. it's not like it's not like Jim Bob is doing everything behind Matt Patricia's back. When they well, call a play, when they call a play, know, Matt, Matt Patricia. Interrupt, but if you think about it, you see Eric Ebron; he has like twelve touchdowns with the Colts. You know, he had like four with us or five with us last year. So they clearly don't know. Jim Bob Cooter is not good in the red zone. His play his play calls are awful. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say. All right. I mean, I, I just don't. I don't. I don't know. How about we get off this asshole on Jim Bob Cooter? Let's 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 focus on the defensive side of the ball. Or there's a sprinkle, sprinkle a little more positive. You know, you got a little sprinkle of positive. But this is not positive. It, it looks like. When the lines didn't have Ziggy Ansa and Deshaun Han, the they they still couldn't they didn't get the pressure I guess I was looking at looking for um, on this awful Buffalo Bills offensive line. Uh, I mean, uh, Rome. I expected some pressure and on Josh Allen, which they did sometimes, but I honestly expected more sacks from our defense with uh, how bad this Buffalo Bills offensive line was. I mean. Like we said, Wyatt Teller, not a very good player. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't – our guys didn't really step up. I and mean, we had Devon Kennard this game. So it was a bit disappointing um, that our, you know, our edge rushers couldn't get it. as much pressure as I guess I expected. as I, Or I was, I guess, ex, yeah, expecting. I don't know. It was disappointing. What do you guys think? We only had two sacks and two quarterback hits. So that's, that's like – that's not good. Again, For one of the worst offensive lines in yes, the NFL. The worst O-line. I don't know, maybe. But it's just unacceptable, you know. And they have to find ways to get pressure. But if you even if you look at our pass first, though, it's not, like, that good. Because DK was playing hurt, so let's not forget about that. And Harold, like, really hasn't, like, been in there all the time. Like, he's been in and out. So he has to, like, he's he has a depth to guy. get them going. You know what I mean? He's kind of more of a depth guy, role player. Yeah. And Okwara had a good man. I mean, Deion Dawkins is a good left tackle. He's a solid left tackle. So Okwara, you didn't really expect much out of him. So and then the guys in the inside, they can't rush the passer. Yeah. They're all like no top the run. Although yeah. RJ did get a pressure. Uh, it was a good, nice pressure. But yeah, it was the yeah. play that Lower Quinn picked off that Patricia didn't challenge, which pissed me off. But He had two feet in there, too, on that play, man. Yeah, he, he definitely did. But um, regarding the pass rush, I didn't realize it's the second time around. 
This is the second time watching it, and I'm okay what they did on that end, and that does that. Um, they actually pay like played like a contain to make sure that Josh Allen don't escape the pocket. They wanted to keep Josh Allen in the pocket, and I think they did a good job doing that. If you look at Josh Allen's stats as far as running the ball, he had nine attempts for 16 yards, yeah. and half of that. Half of that came on that running play when he scored that touchdown. So they did a good job containing him in the pocket, turning him into a passer, and forcing him to, you know, you're going to beat us with your arm, not with your legs. So I get that part. I mean, but at the same time, he's an NFL quarterback. You don't want to give an NFL quarterback that much time. I don't care who it is, a rookie, second-year, first-year player. I don't care who it is. If you give a quarterback time in the NFL, they will, they will, they will connect. So... It's like a it's like a double edged sword on that end. But they did contain him well as far as they turned him into a passer and not into a runner, which is I guess the game plan going in was that they they wanted to keep him as a runner. I mean as a passer, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, it made sense. Um even we highlighted we said we gotta keep this guy off, you know, his feet. We can't have design runs for Josh Allen. We you know, and they did a good job on that. Um the one play that really just kind of killed us was that one deep pass to Robert Foster on that man coverage. And, I mean, like you said earlier in the podcast, I don't think that was a great you know matchup putting Mike Ford on Robert Foster, who I think he is their number one wide receiver on that team. Um, I think you shadowed uh, Darius Slay on the – I think you shadowed Darius Slay. I also – I know we're talking about defense right now, but – I want to um, talk about the running game real quick that we had in this game. Dr. Zenner. Yeah, I mean, Zenner, he did a good job. Zenner had um, Zenner had 45 yards for 10 attempts in 10 rushes, 45 yards. He had four and a half yards per carry. I think that's good going against the 10th the tenth overall defense. Oh, I agree. No surprise me, Dio Riddick. Dio Riddick in the running game had eight, eight, eight um, attempts. For 47 yards, and he had an average of 5.8 per per carry. So oh. he did he did a really good job too. What about the other guy, Malcolm? LG. There LG. Was like, <laughs> there was a guy on our team that killed killed drives. I call it I'll call it kill drives because when you average when you get seven attempts and you get nine yards and you average 1.2 yards per carry. That means either two things is happening. That means either you're getting the ball, you're either getting a couple yards, or you're getting the ball and you're getting stuffed. Hell, there was a play that I saw that he ran right into Matt Stafford and said, fuck that shit. Bro, <laughs> I saw that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Pierre, don't say this shit. Oh, LG's had a great career. I don't want to hear it. That. I don't want to hear that. No, no, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Hey, hey. No, I don't know who that was. I don't know if it was Kenny Wiggins or Tyler. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Through the I don't game. know who fought it was. <laughs> All I know is that they said hike. Safford turned around and with Garrett Blunt just ran right into him. What I'm, kind of shit is shit. that? What is going on? <laughs> I Wait, don't know. Ma- Malcolm, you said you rewatched this game, right? Yeah. Please tell, me, please tell me you skipped that play. No, I watched it. Oh, I my God. You saw that play like, twice? Yeah, I was like, yo, what the hell is going on? I, and I'm trying, I was trying to think, who fault was it? Like, was it Stafford? And I was like, no, I think it was a Garrett Blunt. They, Garrett Blunt just ran right into Stafford. I was like, no, I'm not running this direction. I'm just going to run to Stafford. 
I think I'd rather watch that one video of some guy spilling milk on himself on Pierre's fifth page and then watch that that play two times. I would think I'd rather watch that 30 times than watch that play. I agree. Um, Our backs, though, what I didn't get was Zach Zenner had four targets in the passing game and Riddick Riddick had three. And Zenner isn't really known as a receiver. Yeah. Like I said, they're not using Theo Riddick as Theo Riddick. Bro, they try to toss screens to Zach Center. Nothing against Zach Center, but the he guy he doesn't have the speed. Receiver, he's known like more as a power guy. So yeah. I was, I'm so. not surprised. I seen him throw screens to Legarrette Blunt, and that had me confused. So if they could throw a screen to Legarrette Blunt, that means any binary roster is able to get screens. I mean, you know, anybody doesn't matter who it is. If they're on the roster, give them a screen. Like that, that's how I look at it. You want to know the Gary Brunt's receive? I mean, uh, Zach Sanders' receiving numbers: four targets, three receptions for a whopping zero yards. Well, yeah, I mean, I can't even blame Zenner for that, though. Honestly, I know it's it doesn't. It's not. It's not. That's not his position. That's not what he's supposed to do. I don't know why you guys' <laughs> offensive coordinator is doing this. <laughs> Malcolm's boy. No, I don't, no, I'm not I, playing no more. I disowned him. <laughs> Riddick had uh, three targets, two receptions for a whopping nine yards. Yeah, like dude, something has to like change. Like I don't know what the hell they're doing. Man. Like I don't, know, I don't know how we see it, I, but they don't. I, you keep I mean, all with like four minutes left when you're down again. They did that with the Rams. They did it again this week. I don't get it. Like, what are they trying to do? Are they tanking? Like, I know no. they're not tanking, but like, what tanking are they from Josh Allen? Uh, no, they're not tanking. You know, that's my best. <laughs> I, 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 know I know they're not tanking because you know everybody's on. Everybody's still playing. You know, that's able to play. Yeah, that's. that's Thinking, but like they're doing the dumbest shit ever. Like no one else, no one would do this but the Detroit Lions. And it's just, and that's another part that frustrates me because it's like, yo, like when is, when are we gonna stop shooting ourselves in the foot? Like when, when is that gonna happen? When are we gonna stop shooting ourselves in the foot? Because that's all we did this whole game, shot ourselves in the foot. Okay, we talked about the run game. We talked about a lot of negatives so far. But I think I got one positive, and I think you guys could, for the most part, agree with me. So this Bills front seven is pretty nasty. Well, would you guys agree, right? Okay. But the offensive line did a pretty good job, I think, this game. Especially rookie Thorell Crosby. I was really impressed with up in Rick Wagner's spot. Yes, uh, he did. Yeah, Crosby played a great job at the right tackle position. And I think this guy has a solid future with us and a solid future in this, uh, you know, this game. I, I, I like Crosby. Um, I think the offensive line actually did a pretty solid job than I expected. Honestly, I expected when the Lions were pressing the ball, Stafford would be knocked down more times. Uh, I don't know the exacts that you know. You guys know by any chance how many times Stafford got sacked? I believe it was two. From the yeah, honestly, not not much versus Bills front seven. I honestly expected more the amount of times that Stafford did pass, and I was I was honestly surprised. That they were able to get a few deep balls off, and they, you know, they tried with Galladay in the first half. Obviously, they, you know, they faded away within the second half. But in the first half, I was encouraged. I mean, the offense actually looked all right in the first half, I and mean, they got the run game going with Zenner. The receivers, Bills. yeah. Go ahead. Deal, Go ahead. Man. The Bills had zero sacks and three quarterback hits. and uh, what was that? And four quarterback hits. So yeah, they got they got some late hits at the end, like after Stafford threw the ball. <laughs> And I like our O line, guys. I've been saying this since like since the off season. I think we have a good O line. I just don't think. I think our scheme is flawed, though. I don't think uh, Jim Bob Critter knows how to use everyone he has the right way and make them succeed. 
I think Crosby has fit into, you know, how we've said we've had a great draft. I think Crosby fits in there with that great draft. Uh, totally. He, he's been great this – I mean, not this year because he doesn't play that much. But, I mean, that game really stood out to me and makes me more comfortable, I guess, to see – you know, I wouldn't mind him starting next year, honestly. You know, it just depends what they do in the offseason. But I wouldn't would mind you see him start? Right. I mean, I heard he, I heard he's a you know very versatile player. Maybe yeah. you put him at the guard position. You know, I think he's more of a tackle. But I mean, if he could play right guard, I mean, why not? I and mean, you don't have to go out and spend too too much money on a you know a veteran. I guess you could say. I mean, I still wouldn't mind signing like a veteran, kind of like a Kenny Wiggins. But um, I, I liked Crosby. I think he impressed me. But I think everyone in the offense line was pretty impressive. Taylor Decker did a good job. Um, Frank Ragnall, the rookie, did a good job. Uh, Glasgow had that one bad holding call. But other than that, I mean, O-line did pretty good. Not too many bad penalties. I was impressed. I think that's one of the positives I could take from away from this game. Yeah. I mean, we should have won this game. It is what it is. It, I, I don't know. When we were talking about the game I, uh, last time, I, I just had a bad feeling about this game. I don't know why. It just... This Bills front seven, even without Matt Milano, I, I don't know. And the lines being so short-handed on offense, you know, the first half encouraged me to make me think they could win this game. But second half, which is a whole different story, Bills adjusted nicely to Kenny Galladay, and lines basically had they acted like they had no other weapons they could use besides Kenny Galladay. I mean, and, that's they. Yeah. I mean, that that's what. That's what you have when you have a good coaching staff. I mean, they did a good job. I tip my hats off to the Bills. That's what you're supposed to do as a coach. You know, if shit's not working in the first half, you go in the second half, you make adjustments. And that's what yeah. they did. They got, in the, they got in the tunnel. They got in the locker room. They said, look. And they shut off this line's offense. Yeah, they, they, got, they got in the locker room. They said, look, number 19 is fucking us up. You know, yeah. we need to take them out the game. They yeah. did it. They, I mean, they held them to probably like one catch after in, in the whole second half, you know, one or two catches. I mean, they did a good job trying to take Kenny Galladay out the game the second half. That's that's what that's a lot, that's a problem that we have as well. Like we don't we don't adjust in the second half, man. They adjust after games and they like adjust. take three games to adjust. They do adjust, but like they don't have the personnel to do it right now. I mean, I hate giving them excuses, but they don't have like they don't have the like, guys to do what they want to do on both sides of the ball. All right, guys. I, do you guys agree with me? I'm I'm sick and tired of talking about this game. <laughs> And for this week's Oopsie Doopsie of the Week. Alright, for this week's Oopsie Doopsie of the Week. Yeah. Is it Laguerre Blunt? No. Laguerre will give you a pass this week. What? Uh, oh, I'm giving the boy Laguerre Blunt a pass this week. Your favorite Detroit Lion, by the way. Um, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm done with Laguerre Blunt. Uh, is it the Lions Edge Rushers? No. Is it is Matt Patricia? Is is it Matt Patricia? No. Wait, what? <laughs> it's Malcolm's uh hatred now. His uh no more buddy. Uh Jim Bob Cooter, JBC. We're not friends it's, no more. Yeah, he's the oopsie doopsie of the week. Uh like I said, first half, you know, he did a pretty good job. I was I liked the first half plan. The game plan was nice and then you know, Bills adjusted nicely, and the Lions just stuck with the same game plan going into the game and didn't adjust rightly. Because you gotta understand, if the you, if things are working in the first half, you gotta adjust. You gotta 
assume the Bills are going to adjust to what you were doing. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over again for all four quarters of the game. That's not how it works. You got to adjust as well in the game. You know, maybe start off the second half. You know, like how you played the first half, fine. But if you're playing the whole all four quarters the same way, you're not going to win the game. I don't care who it's first, where it's at. Um, if it's an NFL team, you're not going to win. You got to adjust. You got to play differently. Yeah, also with Jim Bob, I don't understand when it's third and long, and they did this probably like three or four times in this game. It really pissed me off. Like, I screamed at the TV, third and long, throw a short pass to Powell, throw a short pass to Jones or something. Dude, these guys are not Golden Tate. Exactly. Using these guys like they're Golden Tate. Golden Tate is a different breed. You have to adjust with the personnel you have. Make them run like a yard further than what they're normally running. Like, is it that hard? Honestly. So yeah. nine, they run six yards out, run nine yards out, and then like whatever, like run your route. I don't get it. Yep. So uh, I honestly, he's gonna get another game. I don't even think he deserves to coach this game we're about to talk about. I, I think he should be gone this week. I don't think he should be here this Sunday versus the Vikings, but he will be. He's gonna be here for the rest of the season, probably regardless. But <sighs> fuck that guy. He's oopsie doopsie the week. Yeah, he's doing it. I, I know that we're still on the oopsie doopsie topic. I just have a question. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised would you be if he's the offensive coordinator next year? Oh, if he's the offensive coordinator next week, I'm... No, okay, next I, year. On a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised would you be? 11. If he's the <laughs> offensive coordinator next year. 11. I'd be as yeah. shocked as Laguerre's blunt uh, game versus the Bears this year on Thanksgiving. The amount of yards he had that game. 88. <laughs> 88 is my as, number. As, on much, as much as he's fucked up this year, I'm going to just say this now. Don't say it. No, 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 no. no. Okay. I do not want him here next year. Okay. I, do not want him ne- I do not want him here next year. But would I be surprised if he's the offensive coordinator going to training camp, mini camp next year? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. I honestly wouldn't. And, and let me tell you why. Everything is signed off by the head coach. For some reason, I think Patricia's okay with this. No, he's not. Malcolm, I'll tell you what happened. So they fired a coach in season. When you fire two coaches during different weeks, it looks like there's dysfunction in the building. Dave Burkett, I believe, said this. And it was in one of his chats. Like He has chats before every game. And he said they're not going to fire Jim Bob during the season because they don't want to make it seem like there's dysfunction. They're going to fire him after the year. He's most likely gone. All right. Now let me ask you a question. Between the special team coach and Jim Bob Cooter, who was having the worst effect on the team that we got rid of him now and made some change before the bye week? JBC had more more effect on the team than the special teams. Our special teams... We were one of the best last year, and this year we were, I think, the worst or one of the worst. We had so many penalties. We had so many penalties. We were, on, when, on, on, our offense, on our when, offense, we were ranked 10th. When they switched, though, um, they switched special teams. A lot of things got cleaned up. A lot of things got cleaned up. We it did. Penalties. It did. More discipline. Um, I don't think we had a fumble. Andy Jones making that big play. <laughs> Andy Jones. Yeah. <laughs> But where I'm going to with this is that last year, last year we were, our offense was ranked tenth in the league. We had a really high-powered offense last year. This year, from preseason 
to week one to week two, it looked like they acted like that this was a brand new scheme. True. And I was telling Pierre this earlier that in that Jets game, and I always talk about the Jets game because that was probably the worst Lions game I've ever seen in my life. And I've seen a lot of Lions games. It's up there. But that was a brutal game. It was like the Jets knew our offense better than our offense knew our own offense. They did. So, and <laughs> there's, no excuse. there's no excuse on the offense end. Like, you could say, okay, the defense, they have a new scheme. They, they're changing for the, you know, 4-3 to this multiple defense. They got to learn the gaps assignments. I get that. I get that. We have no excuse. There's no excuse on offense why the offense took so long to click. Wait, so, so what are you trying to say right now? Isn't well, that... what I'm trying to say is that why didn't we fire Jim Bob when he had the opportunity to fire Jim Bob? See, I think we should have fired him, but maybe they don't trust anyone who they have in the staff right now. I think, honestly, Patricia just didn't have a guy yet. He didn't have anyone to go into the season. Could argue, but we've talked way too much about this oopsie-doopsie. Let's just... Oh, fuck that guy, okay? Ball of the week. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, Let's go to the ball of the week. And for this week's ball of the week, all right, my baller of the week is it Zach Zenner? No, it's not. Oh, oh damn! Damn it! My heart, man. Doctor Zen? No, it's not Slay. But Slay had a good game. Andy Jones? Andy Jones? Andy Jones? No, no, he is no, good. no. Special teams, Kenny Galladay. You bet your ass it's Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Kenny Galladay. Yes, sir. All right, so my favorite play of Kenny Galladay, the guy had, like, a pick or something. It was Tredavious. I thought he had a pick. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. It's a fucking pick. I no, Kenny Galladay finished out of his hand. Give me that ball. Out-muscled him. And Kenny Galladay just showed he was playing angry. You could tell. He was, like. He got shut out by Patrick Peterson, right? Two receptions, five yards. Like, fuck this. I'm going off today. He played yeah. eight. He had uh, seven receptions for 148 yards, career high for him. And he had a long of 40. So, Kenny Godley's actually improving. His route running is a lot better, you know? And yeah, I, th- I, think- I, think we, I think we could agree he's still not the number one yet. Not yet. He's a high-end number two. He's a high-end He'll be in a, he could be a number one next year. So that's I agree. I agree. One more offseason. One more offseason. I think he could pull it, pull it all together. Yeah, train with the right people. Have the right trainers. Get faster. Yep. Get a little stronger. He could do it. He, work, he out with, work, work out with CJ. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. All right. He, he had a hell of good. a game. He had a hell of a game, man. He had a hell of a game. What pisses me off is um, they didn't really, like, Throw him one in the end zone. They didn't like really take a deep shot in the end zone, try to get jump ball. Like how you said, Levine Torlolo. Torlolo and Galladay should be getting those high point balls. Galladay's like 6'5, Torlolo's 6'8. No point. I, 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 I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I, I, don't, I don't even know what to say. Like, you have a six foot eight tight end, line up as a receiver out wide, get him lined up with the cornerback, safety, hell, linebacker, one on one, and throw the ball up. That's all you have to do. Is that easy? Hell, they did it with Joseph Fourier. That's all they used yeah. to do. Line them up, out wide, throw a, throw a jump ball. Yeah. yeah. They, they, they're kind of like, I think they overthink it or try to get a little cute. I don't know. It's kind of. I don't know. All right. And Minnesota. Also, oh. one thing, my man has 1,000 yards. He has 1,000 yards in his second year. It's pretty impressive for a third-round rookie out of a D2. Played at a D2 school, then transferred to Northern Illinois. So... Yeah, he has a thousand yards in the second. Pretty impressive. He might win baller of the season, but for now he's just baller of the week. 
<laughs> oh, that's possible. We'll talk about that. More. We'll do that at the end of the year. We got, we got two more games. All right. The Minnesota Vikings. Okay, the Vikings. Uh, Pierre, you're really good at this stuff. We're kicking it to you. All right. So, uh, Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback, but for whatever reason, like our quarterback, he's struggling. Their play calling is not good. They fired the offensive coordinator, which is really smart. And uh, Tyler, fun fact, you know the offensive coordinator right now? He's, uh, he's I believe, the nephew of Ed Stefanski. Or... Oh, the Pistons GM, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah. Either the son or the nephew, I forgot, but he's related to him. I honestly was thinking of Ed Stefanski when I heard the off- OC's name. I didn't know who it was. I, I, I thought they were, I didn't know if they were related, but like I knew they had the same last name. They Ed are. Stefanski, what a guy. Oh, wow, so Minnesota fired their OC. They're a really smart team. All right, continue. That was smart. And Zimmer actually, Zimmer actually called him out in his press conference. So you know how uh, Patricia doesn't like to call out players or whatever. Zimmer calls out his players. He calls out his OC. Zimmer is tough like that. Well, he you gotta, you love. gotta know, you gotta know your players. Yeah. So sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I just get you gotta know your guys. I agree. They're uh. So they, they weren't running the ball as much, so they were kind of forcing Kirk to throw like 40 to 50 times a game. Stupid. And when Kirk throws sloppy, it gets really sloppy. So now they got this new guy. They're starting to run the ball now. Dalvin Cook played well last week. I believe he had 100 yards. I'm not sure. Um, Whatever. They explored for 44 points. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. And... Their receivers are really good. Thielen and Diggs are ahead to deal with. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, the new OC, is starting trying to get him more involved. So Rudolph, I think, is still good. He's not having a good year, but I think he's still a good player. Yeah. He's a really good um, player. Their left tackle, Riley Reef, surprisingly, is playing well. Hey, I told you, man. Riley Reef, man. Don't sleep on my boy Reef. He's probably the he best on their O-line this year. He got yeah. drafted, and they were talking about his short-ass arms when he got drafted when he came to Detroit. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, they got they got the best fullback too, CJ Ham. <laughs> uh, I, like I just like his name. I guess their guards, uh, Tom Cops and Mike Remmers, both stuck. You trash! Oh, um, but they're power guys. You know, they're built like they're built to run the ball, but they're not that good in pass protection. So they're no, power guys. You didn't say they're center. Wait, um, wait for this. I'm not done. I'm not done. I have two more guys to name. Um, Eiflin, <laughs> their center, played with God Daniel. Dec- He's not that good. He's all right, though. I like him. I all still- right. <laughs> he's not good. <laughs> no, Tyler, he's had some good games. I actually like the guy. He's still young. Trust me. And their okay. right tackle, Rashad Hill, he blows also. So, Bitch, I mean, look at our D-line, though. We don't really have a pass rusher. Yeah. You have Harold, you have Aquara, you have DK, but none of those guys are difference makers. They're good players. They're good, like, players for what they do. You don't have Ansa, you don't have Hand, you don't really have that pasture. So it'll be interesting to see how they play them. Yeah. Well, I thought the line, um, defensive line should have been better versus that. I was making fun of that Buffalo Bills offensive line probably for five minutes in that last podcast, and we didn't do shit versus them. So I feel I feel stupid now. And, you know, I'm not going to even make fun of this. I already did, but okay, I'm done. I'm done making fun of the I, Minnesota offensive line. You said, like, Eiflin, those guys, they're, they're like, interior linemen. They're power guys. They're mostly built to run the ball. They're not good on pass pro, but they're really good at blocking with the run. That's, that's what Minnesota prides themselves on. They pride on running the ball. That's what Zimmer loves to do, defense and running the ball. 
if you guys didn't notice, I didn't get to use my dad today, but it wasn't the line to acquire Snacks Harrison, unfortunately. And because Keith Ford had a pretty good game versus us. And um, Vikings has pretty solid running backs as well. They got Delvin Cook and Latavius Murray. They're very good. They, they, they complement each other really well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they play uh, versus the Lions. Run, uh, I mean, Dula. Don't forget about Dula, man. Uh, I'm going to forget about him. Okay. <laughs> but if you guys remember, when we did play the Vikings earlier in this year, um, I mean, the Lions did a pretty good job with Delvin Cook this year when we played him. But uh, he had that one huge run versus us, which, you know, that's what made the, his stat look better. But I expect us to stuff the run again this week versus the Vikings with Snacks and Ashawn Robinson. I do too. Uh, with, with Dalvin Cook, Murray, and if you want to say Amir Abdullah running the ball. But now, uh, the receivers, they're yeah, going to deal with. But Slay on uh, Diggs. Diggs. I think they'll put, they'll do that one on one, and they'll put Lawson in a safety on Thielen, which what they did back then. I think you only had like two receptions, five yards, and a touchdown when we played them. And for yeah. whoever their other guys, they have Laquan Treadwell. They have. Uh, See, I think they have Robinson, Aldrick Robinson. They have some solid, like, number threes, I guess. Treadwell. Uh, Treadwell, yeah, Laquan Treadwell, Aldrick Robinson. But um, if you remember, when we played them this year, they didn't have Stefan Diggs, so it's going to be a little more interesting. But I don't think we had – was that the game we – oh, Slay played that game. He didn't play versus Chicago. My Slay played, but Slay was playing injured, I believe. I'm thinking of the game in Chicago he didn't play. He, I was thinking that was, he, that was brutal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They had a good uh, game that game when he played Minnesota because he shut out um, Thielen. He stopped him from getting that 100-yard um, uh, record. Yeah, beating Kelvin's record in eight consecutive Lawson games. Chad Thielen, believe it or not. I think, yeah, wasn't Slay on Chad Beebe that game or something like that? Oh, yeah, it was a practice squad guy. Yeah, yeah and- he, he, oh. Chad Beebe. And then one of the plays was a key third down. Chad Beebe beat Yep. yep. I remember – I remember. Yeah, it was Chad Beebe. He we don't, have to, we don't have to bring we don't have to bring that up, man. Why well, we got to bring up tease to get him burnt, man? Tease. Did tease play that game? Tease. Uh, he plays special teams. Pass, I believe it was like third and six, and BB ran like a like kind of like a what do they call that route? It's like like a corner route, I guess. Not a corner. He kind of like ran a post to the outside. Opposed to the outside, and T's was in cover one, man, man-to-man coverage, and T's straight the up. The sun was in his eye. The sun was in his eye. But they play in the dome. <laughs> <laughs> they shine the light. They shine the light in T's eye to make him blind, and he missed the play. <laughs> All right. Nope. Sure, sure. Uh, but, yeah, but, yeah, so. back to this Vikings offense. Yeah, they're, they're a very solid offense. They, you know, I think they're going to play very hard this game, especially – we're in the position they are right now in that uh, six wild card spot, and they got some teams like the Eagles, um, the 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 Panthers right behind them, competing for that last spot. And you know, don't 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 count out Mark Sanchez and the Redskins, man. <laughs> but uh, it's actually Josh Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson, yep, yeah, my bad. Yeah, Josh Johnson, no, 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 you're fine, man. Yeah, Josh Johnson playing. So he actually did a good job. He did yeah. A- well against the Jags. His first career win, congrats to him, but like whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this this Vikings offense is pretty good. They got a new uh OC in Stefanski, so this game could get ugly. Um last home game at Ford Fields. 
Um, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Well, against them, we'll say that though. We have Slay on Diggs and Lawson. Lawson is good in the slot. He's played well in the slot. He stopped dealing week one, so I'm hoping that week one. I'm sorry, the last time, time we played, played him. Yeah. So I think he could stop him again this time. Hopefully, if you remember, we broke his hundred yard streak. He was like, yeah. he was trying to. We stopped it. We didn't break it. We stopped it, but. Yeah. yeah. You want to shift to the defense now, Tyler? Let's get it to the defense. Um, you want to talk about the defense? Or yeah, I'll, I'll get on to this defense. This defensive line is nasty. They got Daniil Hunter, Sheldon Richardson, Linval Joseph, and Evanson Griffin. That's a hell of a, a defensive line right there, especially Daniil Hunter. And I think, if I remember correctly, last time we played the Minnesota Vikings, they had 10 sacks on us. God damn! Yeah. They yeah. did. And that was without and that was without their uh, outside linebacker, who could be a potential Detroit Lion, Anthony Barr, that game. Um, Eric Hendricks is in that linebacking core. Ben Gideon, that's a solid linebacking core as well. Yeah. And then their corners are Xavier Rhodes and Trey Wayne's, which are Rhodes have had a tough year this year, but he's been hurt. Um, I think he's getting healthy now. Which Pierre was telling me. And then Trey Wines is just a very solid number two corner. And then Harrison Smith is one of the better free safeties in this league. And then their strong safety, uh, Sindeo, has been placed on IR. And I don't know who exactly they use. They have a guy named Jerron Curse, and they who have the another guy who's been playing really well this year, Anthony Harris. Who so I don't know who they really use at their strong safety position. But, again, that's a very good defense as well. Yeah, you forgot about two players in their secondary that have been playing well no one's talking about. Undrafted free agent Holton Hill. Okay. Uh, I believe second-year cornerback. They took him last year in the first. or No, they took him, I believe, in the second round. Mackenzie Alexander. Yeah. He's actually having a really yep. good He's having a good year. So they have, like, four, like, good corners. And we have, like, one good receiver. So, man, I think Rhodes will shadow Galladay. And you just pray to God that the other guys can make plays. It's going to be really hard to make plays on these guys. Malcolm, I want to hear your opinion on what our offense could do to score on this Minnesota defense. I'm I'm a little concerned. I'm I'm a little concerned because little. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. It, it's it's more like you know like I'll say on a scale of one to ten, it's like an eight point five. Um, Stafford's playing with a bad back, and the last time we played these guys, they got to Stafford. They sacked him 10 times. So I want to see if they're going to adjust on their protection scheme to keep Stafford up. Don't let him get hit. I mean, I don't want to take too many hits against this Viking defense. So ah, I I don't know. Um, This is a very good defense. I I believe they're hungry because I know they're in the wild card spot now. I believe they're in the last seed. They want to keep their last seed. You know, they want to keep their last seed. So they're going to come out fighting. I believe we're going to stop the run game. You know, I believe in Snacks. I believe in uh, Snacks Harrison. I believe we are going to stop the run game. I just think their defense is going to be too much for our offense right now. But one more thing I want to add. Minnesota is middle of the pack and stopping the run. So Perrion Johnson comes back. That's that's a big thing right there, yeah. That's huge, okay? But do you want him back? Like, do you want to risk an injury these last two games? That's the question that they're what they're thinking about right now. That's, I'm going, that's, I'm going that's, to Malcolm's back. If he's healthy, put him in. <laughs> if if he could if he's healthy if he can play, you know you put him out there you know. But if he's injured, if he's limping, if it's, if he's feeling 
you know discomfort when he runs. If there's any, you know, if there's any pain, he don't play. But if he yeah. could, if if he's good to go, I wouldn't mind seeing KJ play. I and, think there's there's got to be a reason why he's not on IR right now. Yeah, exactly. They they have to believe that you know he's able to play these last at least one of the last two games if he's not on IR. So. You know, I want to. I'm interested to see the injury report. I want to see if he's able to practice. If he's going to be limited, hell, if he's you know a full participant, I, I I want to see. You know, so that's something to keep an eye on. I th- I think Pierre told me this one time. Um, I don't know if you're going to still stick with your opinion on this, but you told me this one time. You said, um, you don't want to give these rookies like bad mentality mentalities, like you know, to not like you're not playing even in a tough year. You gotta gotta let them know this is like the big leagues you got it you're playing whatever the you know whatever your record says you're only 15 i don't care you're out there i don't care if if you're good to go you could play play i don't care stafford is gonna play this game even if he's uh not 100 percent. i know he's playing this game yes 100%. so if they gave up and didn't want to win this game he would not be playing they could have did with the the um what do you call it the bengals did with the Andy Dalton, you know, yeah. they, but that's not the lines mentality right now. They don't want to just, you know, yeah. uh, rust their guys. And that's we're a, not thinking of next year. We're still in the 2018 season, regardless whether wanna, we like it or not. They yeah. want to win the next two games. I know the fans are team tank, but like I'm against tanking. But like I said, though, I mean, carry on Johnson, even if he could play, he's had an injury history at Auburn. Even here, like he's been banged up a little with a knee and an ankle. He has a knee now, he had an ankle before. So you kind of want to be cautious with him too, you know? Like I'm not right. saying me, but it's being cautious for next year. Because what? Let's say he blows out his knee like Sunday, you're fucked. You won't be back till like midseason next year. I agree, but if it were this is still 2018 season, I'm not even thinking of next. Okay, I am, but I'm not trying to think of next year yet. <laughs> you know, that's not the goal right now. The goal right now is still the Minnesota Vikings. It's being the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the thing about that is, if he's if he's healthy, if he's able to play, you're not thinking about what if he blows his knee because he could blow his knee in preseason next year, week one. OTAs. You know, you can't, you can't yeah. he, exactly. He could blow it in OTAs. Like you can't really control um, exactly. injuries uh, unless he's actually injured and he can't go. Then yeah, you sit him out. But if he's, you know, every guy's banged up right now. I mean, exactly. if they're able to play, well, yeah. you know, you put you you put him out there. And the thing is, like I was telling you earlier. I've never seen a Detroit Lions team tank. As long as I've been a Lions fan, I've never seen us. I never witnessed us tank. Even when 2010, and I brought this up before, week 13, 2010, we were two and two and ten, and then we ended the year six and ten. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 they ran the table, and they could have tanked. And yeah, you could have got a better draft pick, but that this team, Detroit Lions, they don't they don't tank. And I think it's a good thing, you know. You get momentum for next year. I mean, I, I don't like tanking. I think tanking is full of shit. I, I don't like tanking because, first of all, no player in in the draft is a guaranteed, you know, star. That that that's first of all. So yeah, we could get a top two, top ten pick, top five. I don't believe in tanking. That's just me. Well, have you? Oh my bad. But, um. If like let's say you're at number ten, but you like a guy, you want to, you could trade up too. You know, like if you're a GM, you trade up. If you want to be aggressive in your draft, you trade. You find you think someone's a difference maker, you trade up for him. Detroit did that. They traded up for Carryon Johnson. They traded up for Deshaun Hand. So if you really like a guy, you trade up for him. 
But what teams do you actually even really see tanking the NFL? No guys want to just go out there and say, yeah, let's lose. Yay, let's go. The Raiders. Let's, play, let's, let's play some Jim Bob Cooter offense. The, Ra- <laughs> the Raiders, uh, they traded away Cooper and Mack, but they actually have won, I believe, the last two weeks. They beat the Steelers, and I think they beat the Bengals. Did they? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, so. The Raiders have won two straight games, and they're like team. Same with the Giants. They trade away Eli Apple. They trade away Snacks Harrison. But they've, I believe, they've won two with their Thank last. Thank you, Giants, by the way. Yeah, everybody think the Giants are tanking, and, and you know they're they're playing hard. NFL teams don't tank. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, the players in the locker room, they don't give a damn about a rookie, or a first round pick. They don't care about that. They worry about their job. Even Brady Quinn, Brady Quinn, who I was giving some shade towards last broadcast. Uh, when we, the Arizona game, but honestly, this is a different topic. But he did a pretty good job versus the Buffalo. I'm not. That's all I'm gonna say. But he mentioned oh. that. Okay, he, he he mentioned that Buffalo broadcast was saying that. Uh, he said, you know, none of these guys are. You know, I hate tanking. That's not the point of the NFL. These guys don't just go on the field to lose on purpose. That's not the no. NFL. They put their like body on the line. They work their asses off all week. They study countless of film. You know how frustrating it is when they lose? They put so much work into a week, and when they lose, they just like. Because if you're tanking, you better hope you better uh you you're gonna know your ass is not gonna be on a, a 53 man roster next year. All right, if you're tanking and and not trying, so don't even tank for this rookie because you're not gonna even play with this rookie if you're tanking. <laughs> I don't care who it is. Yeah, yeah. a lot of guys that won't have jobs next year if they're just gonna tank and just lose on purpose. Exactly. Guys, like they, they're also playing for other jobs. So there's probably some guys on the team that won't be here next year that are that are playing right now. Honestly, majority sure. of the defense teams. So yeah. you know? tanking is a, is, a, is, a, is a thing that the fans want the players to do, and I get it. They, they want a big name in the draft, but you can always get great players after you know the top five pick, top two picks. So I'm not worried about that, but. Good news for the fans. If you're listening, if you are a listener and you enjoy, you want the Lions to tank, i got good news for you. The last two games, even if we try to win, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> Let's trade on that. Huh? <laughs> we can try to win these two, yeah. next, two, the next two games. Let's I mean, it's not necessary that we're tanking. But, hey, I mean, I don't know. Hey, we got T's table. We got a chance, my man. T's table is like probably play, man. You know, we you got... They're not utilizing my, my, my dog T's, man. They're not unleashing the goat. They're not unleashing the <laughs> All T's jokes. <laughs> um, let's be honest, though. Let's just focus on the Vikings now. You never know what happens. Injuries could happen in-game. Adjustments happen. Focus on the Vikings, and we'll focus on the Packers next week. But yeah, yeah. Back to, it's going to be hard. I mean... Oh, my bad. Back to KJ, though. I wanted to go back to Alan KJ. We were saying that uh, if he if he's good to go, I I want to see him play. I don't I would not mind if he's good to go. I want to see him play. Honestly, I would even mind seeing Jamal Agnew play again this year. I mean, neither. I mean, he's not on IR. They have hope that he's going to come back and play. Uh, after like they haven't returned him to IR, so yeah, yeah. he has a chance. And and this is why this is why I'm a big fan of Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford here. He's out there. He's in pain. He's hurting. He's limping. He's out there. I know you look at these guys and say, look, if I'm out there, if I could barely, you know, they knock me down, I could barely get up. If I'm out there, y'all asses should be out there too. And I know he's telling these guys that in the locker room. I know they're seeing it. And that's that's one of the traits I love about Stafford. I don't care what nobody says about Stafford. He's a leader. Just watch the tape. Watch Stafford on the field. 
No, if you're not a leader, you can't say Stafford's not a leader. And if he's out there leading by example, that is a leader. Yeah. You're welcome. One thing I don't understand, especially the local media says this, the local radio. Local media doesn't really talk about it, but the national my, media. My, 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 Mike Valenti? Yeah, they say that Stafford is a reluctant <laughs> leader. He's not a leader. He's a, kind of like the locker room lawyer. But I'm like, watching, so this is what I say. This is how I question this, though. If he's not a leader, why then before games does he break him down? That's one. Okay, you know, you like, and after games, after games, when they do have their post game wins, he breaks them down. That's a leader. All right, that's like whatever. Number two, he's the quarterback of the team. Every quarterback is a damn leader. I don't care who you are, what your name is. Blake Bortles is a leader for the Jaguars. He blows, though. All right? <laughs> Three, what you said, this man gets injured every year. Something's always bothering him, you know? Like, any Dolan dude, they put him on iron with a broken thumb. Stafford would be playing with that right now. He'd be playing with that. Stafford will play with a broken thumb. He'll tell him to tape him up, and he'll be right out there. <laughs> Real talk. But... So- I don't I don't get it. If he's leading, what is a leader? A person that leads by example. He's leading by example. How is Matthew Stafford not a leader? Yes. I, I, don't, I don't get what, why you say well, that. Is it because we have a losing record? I'm how, how, how about this, guys? I'll get Mike Valenti on the podcast, and he'll answer you guys' question. We'll see. Yes. How, we'll try to make it after. We'll I just want to know, this guy is out there every single week. He probably, I think he holds a record for most consecutive starts right now. And this is, and this is from after he got drafted. He got injured his first two years. He got injured first two years. The media was making fun of him. They was calling him Matt Glassford. Well, if we bring in Mike Valenciano, this is what he's gonna say. This is what he says on his show, and I can't stand it. He goes with what the media guys say. He doesn't like. He doesn't know what's going. He goes with the national media is saying. So Valenti is not gonna come on this podcast, okay? <laughs> <laughs> because he disagrees with everything we say. He thinks that fans should not even watch Hey, he makes hell of a podcast. <laughs> hey, he, he does. Don't get me wrong. His ratings are through the roof, but he doesn't agree with what we say. And if we have them on this podcast, it's going to be a disaster. And I don't even think he'd join it, to be honest. <laughs> it, it, it would be a hell of a podcast. Not going to lie, though. <laughs> we can have him, but I'm against it. But if you two want him, we'll bring him on. We're bringing him on. I'm, I'm, I'm texting him after this. I'm texting him after this. You got to hit up a Sully. You got to Mike Sullivan. Mike. My OU, my OU boy, my Oakland <laughs> University guy. I just, I just like I said, I, I don't get it. I mean, Stafford's a leader. I don't care what anybody say. The guy's a warrior. He's out there. He's showing the young guys that if he's hurt, he was out there. He's giving his all. You know, he's not snap. Shit, you guys should be doing it too. And that's what that's what a leader does. So anybody that says Stafford's not a leader. Go jump off a cliff. I don't. I don't know. He's Stafford's the leader. Damn, damn it. Malcolm. Damn. <laughs> yeah, man. I swear. I've been saying this too. Like every time someone says that, he's not, I was like, "What are you talking about, dude? You see this guy he plays through tons of injuries. He leads the team. I haven't. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's, it's because of his record. If Stafford wins a playoff game, everybody's like, "Oh wow, he's a leader." If Stafford wins the Super Bowl, oh wow, he's a leader. So, welcome. So, I went to the game on uh, Sunday, and I, I was there a little early. We were talking to some fans that were sitting near us. So, we're like, he's like, do you think Stafford's a leader? And I swear, right after he said this, I was like, look at the Jumbotron. You know, like, before a game where you do the, um, the like, team huddle or whatever, like, he hypes them up or whatever. I was like, look at the Jumbotron. Is that a leader to you? He's like, yeah. He's like, the media doesn't see that, though. We don't see that on TV. No, you don't. So, I was like, dude, there's yeah, the right there. You don't have to see that to tell – to know that Stafford's a leader. If you see Stafford limping on the field, he's hurt, and he's out there, 
he's that that's that's a leader. I don't right. care. He's a leader. All right. I think we've uh, we we hardly talked about the Vikings, but whatever. <laughs> I think yeah, the Vikings. We kind of already know. Uh, okay, it's week sixteen. We're five and nine. Season's over, guys. Uh, for the most part, we just want to see competitive football at this point. Um, but this podcast is getting too long, so let's just cut it now. We got we we got all our heat about Jim Bob Peter. Wait, and this, this we didn't do that. We didn't do our predictions yet. Oh my god! Oh 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 oh! oh, oh. I called the last game correctly, which I'm not proud of, but I still got it right. <laughs> um, and you guys both got it wrong, by the way. But okay, yeah, score prediction. Let's get into it. Um, Malcolm, you start. Uh, oh, Mister Mister Worst Mister Worst Record. Um, Mister Worst Record. Um, shit. I'm, I'm I'm confident I'm gonna get a win this week because I am picking the Lions to lose this game. Oh shit! Oh. You almost thought we were gonna win. No. Um, I'm picking us to lose. Vikings are more. They're, they're hungry right now. They want to keep that third. They want to keep that second wild card spot. I don't see them blowing this game to us. I think. Their defense is way too much for our offense right now and Jim Bob right now. I don't think Jim Bob is good enough at this point to scheme against his Viking defense. So, yeah, I do see it, the Vikings beating us. Um, I will say the score will be, um, this is go 27-14 Vikings. Okay, Pierre. All right. Um, you guys might laugh at me, but whenever Dalvin Cook is stopped, the running game is stopped, Kirk Cousins struggles. Yeah. So we didn't really talk about that that much today, but I think the Lions will stop their running game, and I think they'll force Kirk Cousins into some turnovers. I think it'll be a close game. I have the Lions edging out at like twenty-one to seventeen. Okay. Lions, oh, okay. All right, all right, all right. Especially if Carryon plays. If Carryon plays, that will be huge. And I think okay, wait, 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 wait. If carry on plays, I might change my pick. Hell no. I'm still going to Vikings. Okay, okay. Let's let's get to my prediction. My prediction is I'm not gonna lie, I had the Vikings winning this game before we started this podcast, but Malcolm took Malcolm picked the Vikings. So it makes sense. I'm going with the Lions this week. I'm going with the Lions week, and they always seem to do this shit. When people want to start losing games, they go and beat the Arizona Cardinals. Um, I don't know. I just got a feeling. Last home game at Ford Field this year in 2018. Um, I want to see some emotion out of this team. You know what? I'm going with the win this week. Defense will uh, force the turnover to score some points. I'll go. You know what? Why not the offense scores a little bit? 28 points for the Lions to 24 to the Minnesota. My wow. score prediction. All right, but thank you guys so much for listening to episode eight of the Pride Podcast. I hope you guys are enjoying these. I'm Tyler, also known as Lions Nation. I'm Pierre, also known as Detroit Lions fan page. I am Malcolm, I'm with the Detroit Lions video page. And thank you guys so much. Peace out, guys. Go Lions. Have a great Christmas. Thanks for listening. Merry yep. Christmas, you filthy animal. And a happy new year. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.